With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Tam uh, over here just to bring back the State of You podcast on National Signing Day, trying to just recap everything that was going on on the, uh, you know, just on the, on the day, everything that was going on. So just trying to get my boy Kevin here um, so that we can go through all of this stuff and it'll be good. So as soon as I get that, not studio, as soon as I get him on, then we will be good to go. Um, yeah, so National Signing Day is today for the Miami Hurricanes, and the Canes signed 24 guys in the class. Uh, that's what we're really going to talk about here in a second. Um, it's been a while since I did one of these, so I'm still trying to see how I can get Kev on the line um, here with me. Here we go. There we go. And let's see. I'm the host. And Can you hear me now? Kev, you there? There we go. Yeah, I'm here. I've been here. Hello. Yeah, my bad, man. You know, I was just trying to get back to the, the onboard uh, dashboard thing and everything. So, yeah, so it's Cam Underwood, your managing editor here at State of the U. You got Kev, one of the tri-hosts for the big three roll-up. What's going on, man? Nothing, man. How you feeling? How you feeling, 24? I want, I thought we were going to do a little bit more. I thought we were going to get around 26 to 28. But how you feeling with 24? I'm feeling all right. We're gonna we're gonna get there in a second. So I just want to be sure we're going through all this stuff. So before we go uh, too much farther, um, overall thoughts on the group that we got. What are you feeling? Okay, everybody's gonna concentrate on what we didn't get today, but I think a close of Herbert, Dean, Thomas, and Harley is amazing. Everybody's gonna say, well, we didn't get CJ, or we didn't get Edwards, or we didn't get Smith. But that's just how fans are. But I feel like if you look at this class, other than just taking one running back, I don't see many holes in it. It's a solid class for the first full cycle for the staff. Yeah, I I agree with you mainly, man. You know, I think, again, it's a good group. And kind of like in that Joe Jackson mold from last year when he committed early, so there wasn't a lot of buzz about it, a lot of these guys were mainly in the class, you know. So I think it was a good group. Yeah, I think we could have closed with a couple other guys, you know, added a running back, uh, maybe, you know, a couple defensive backs, like a safety or a corner. But it, all in all, I think we're in a good spot. So, you know, uh, good good start for Mark Rick's first full cycle. Um, and really, running back, can, can you really blame them? They thought, they thought that McFarland – McFarland told them plenty of times that he was coming. So they didn't have a plan, you know, C or D. So you can't really blame them at running back. This it just happened that he stayed home last minute. Right. I mean that's that's the thing. And then now people are gonna be like, well, how do you like whatever? Like, yeah, McFarland, by all accounts from anybody who follows recruiting, told Miami all the way up until Wednesday he was coming, 
and then he pushed it back last week Wednesday to Friday. And even on Thursday, he told Miami he was still coming. And then on Friday morning, he was like, nah, I'm going to Maryland. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, sometimes you get stuck. And unfortunately, we got stuck. So, you know, that is what it is. Right. Um, what, what, are you feeling, what are you feeling on this class on offense overall? We're going to start there. How do you feel for the offense? Okay. Um, offensive line, I think you really – I mean, with Hillary, Gainers, I think we have Bluestein on. Bluestein said he was the most underrated player in our, in our class. Obviously, Donaldson, and then you had Herbert last week. So, offensive line's looking good. And then receiver, you had Thomas and Harley today to go with Joku. So, that's three four-star receivers. And then you got the best quarterback in the state and the top four quarterback, in my opinion, in the state in Weldon. So, um, I think they really nailed – I think they really nailed the offensive side of the ball. And whoever the quarterback is next year will have plenty of, plenty of options to throw to. Yeah, and I mean, there's definitely going to be options, but sticking with the receivers. So, uh, Mark Rick and everybody is saying that DJ Dallas is going to start uh, his Miami career on the offensive side of the ball. How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that when you watch his huddle, it jumps off the page when he's got the ball in his hand. He's on, like, in their offense, he ran a lot of Wildcat, and and I, I want the ball in, in the playmaker's hand. So, I agree full-heartedly with him starting on the offensive side of the ball. Well, and, yeah, he, he definitely, you know, he played receiver his sophomore year, played quarterback his junior and senior year, where he basically, you know, ran, uh, you know, option kind of stuff. Um, right, Wildcat right. kind of thing. So, you know, he, I mean, DJ Dallas is quick. He's shifty. He has all those kind of things. My question to you is, do we got too many guys that are similar in Harley and Thomas and Dallas all playing receiver and they have similar skill sets. Well, see, you can never have too much speed, is what I'm gonna is what I'm gonna say to that. And um, with with Amon and and Kager on the outside, presumably, you need those guys that are going to create mismatches on the inside for your underneath stuff. And I mean, yeah, I mean, you can make an argument that that if you're going to get Thomas, why why take Harley? But I mean, I've wanted this guy in my class since because I saw him at Paradise Camp. I mean, he hasn't lost a rep. Yeah, I haven't seen him get shut down one time. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can have enough shifty, small, fast guys. What do you think? Yeah. No, I, I, I agree, but I know that some people were going to maybe ask that or think that there's too much redundancy uh, at the interior receiver positions, which is why I brought it up. Um, but if you look at the highlights, Jeff Thomas played outside a lot. Mike Harley played outside a lot. Um, and I know it's different playing outside in high school versus college. And you're going to have Amon at one of those outside spots, you know, for the, you know, the entire season because he's a beast like that. But, yeah, I mean, I like the guys, even if there are a lot of them that are similar. Like you said, uh, you cannot have too much speed. Um and hopefully we get some development from the guys who are still on the roster. Amon Richards, he wasn't All-American, and I know that you live up in West Palm, and that's your guy. Uh, you've been saying that since, as long as I've been knowing you. So uh, <laughs> he can still take steps forward. Lawrence Kager can come back and be a contributing member. Dayall Harris had some nice moments, but only ended up with nine official catches because a couple things got called back for penalty. Um, and he has some size to him as well. Deontay Mullins can take a step forward. So there's other guys at that position group where they can take steps forward also. Braxton Berrios, you know, 
can play inside and outside as well. So now, just like you're talking about, whoever the quarterback is is going to have options. So I, I like where we're at, honestly. And so what about uh, – have you heard any rumors about Njoku maybe switching positions or like the red shirt maybe to switch to, to a tight end position or is that just things that, I'm, that I've heard? Or do you like him on the outside? I mean, I like him on the outside because he doesn't have the build of – <laughs> I'm sorry, Andrew Ivins from two, from two four seven just sent me a, a a a question that we'll get to later, which is a joke, but still it's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, evidence doesn't have the build of David. You know, he's not he like because David Njoku, and I make this analogy because you know I I work in high schools like that's what I do professionally, and I worked at Deerfield Beach when uh, Denard Robinson was there, and at the same time. Jason Pierre-Paul was there, and he just oozed athleticism. You could tell this kid was 6'5", like 200 pounds, but he was going to grow into the beast that we've seen in the league. And David Njoku had that kind of presence where, like, it looked like he was going to, you know, it, it was a matter of time until he put on all this weight. But evidence, he doesn't have that same kind of build. He's taller, he's thinner, he's, you know, he was 6'4 to start the season, he's almost 6'6", 6'7 now. Um, so I don't think that he's yeah, and, and he has the 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 movement skills of a receiver at that size. So I like him to stay outside, not move inside. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What do you think? I agree. No, I agree. Um, I just that's just rumblings I've heard that maybe he would redshirt and try to put on some weight. But I just don't see how he could put on that kind of weight at six six or six seven or or whatever mm-hmm. the hell he is now. Right. And, I mean, it's just like, because yeah, again, to me, like, David was – he was all muscle, but and it was all definition. He just hadn't put on the extra weight yet, but evidence is more tall and lean and thin. So, I mean, I like him right. on the outside. And, you know, again, if you put him with Dale Harris, who's 6'3", Cager, 6'5", um, Richards is 6'2", and then evidence is 6'6", that's a great – outside receiver group to balance out with, you know, the other guys that we talked about. So Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, but going back to the offensive line, which guys are you really looking at to play early from this class? I I think um I think Donaldson could play could play right away. I think he could take one of the guard positions right away. And then I mean I I really like Corey Gaynor. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not thinking he could play center this year. He's our center of the future. But I really like him to be in the rotation early. Herbert, I'm not – I like Herbert more for potential than I do as an actual prospect right now, as a, as a day one prospect. Um, but I, I, I like Gaynor and and Donaldson to contribute early. They contribute this season, I'll say. Well, oh, who do you okay. like? I mean – Donaldson, obviously, like, I know there's some people who say that, who don't see him as an elite level prospect, but I don't see that at all. I don't know what they're missing, but like, I think that he's a beast. I think he could definitely, if not take one of those guard positions, be in the two deep where, you know, the first person who has to go out for a breather or a turned ankle, that's going to be Donaldson in there replacing them. Um, so I think that he'll be up there. Um, Gaynor, I really like, I just, I don't know. I would like to see him honestly win the starting center job. And, I mean, I know Nick Linder is a legacy and his brother played here and he's played here for years, but, like, I 
I mean, if he can handle it, obviously, I like Gaynor. Um, and I right, also like right. Herbert, honestly, man. Like, you know, Herbert, because if you put Herbert with George Brown, the LSU transfer, with um, Donaldson and potentially um, Tyree St. Louis and uh, Sonny Adogu coming back from a knee, those five guys, I like the ability to make, to find two actual tackles from those five guys because the thing that Miami's been missing for years is actual tackle offensive linemen because, I mean, honestly, Trevor Darling is a guard. And, yeah, he went to Central uh, and played left tackle. He's played left tackle here, but that's out of necessity because we didn't have anybody else to do that. Casey McDermott was a five-star coming from Palm Beach Central. He's a guard also, you know. But I I like maybe Herbert. Well, and that's the conversation we had when he was a recruit, that it was more about Casey McDermott having a high floor versus a high ceiling. You know, so, like, he's – pretty much where he is. Um, you know, he, he didn't have much room for, for growth, which we're, we've obviously seen. But, I mean, maybe I like Herbert a little bit more than you do. But, yeah, I think between Herbert and Donaldson and, uh, and Gaynor, we're, we're of one accord that those are the guys who might see some time. Um, let's go to some questions because I've been asking for these on Twitter, so I got a couple of them. We can throw these around. Um, okay. So in the whole class, and this is offense defense. I know that we started with offense, but we'll do our defense recap in a little bit. But out of the entire okay. signing class, who, who are your top two guys that you see as a day one starter in this class? Oh, day one starter. I think Javante Dean has a chance to be a day one starter. Um, out of Blinn College, uh, and. And then, then just back to off of the line, I think Donaldson takes a spot. He's on campus. He'll be on campus in the spring. Uh, he'll work with Felder. He'll get some of that some of that baby fat off. And I think uh, Donaldson and Donaldson and Javante Dean could be day one starters. Would be and my those guess. Are good answers. And especially because Javante Dean is coming from a JUCO, um, you know, where he's, he's been there for two years. And, I mean, I knew that he was good, but did you know that he was a 4-3 guy in the 40s? No, no. I saw um, – I, I talked to Roman, Roman Kane, and he, he does the four, the 40 times and, and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, the guy's a blazer. He's, he, I think he's going to play day one. I really do. No, I mean, yeah, that, that just shocked me today when I saw that hit the timeline. I think that Peter Ariz, you know, uh, the esteemed Peter Ariz from Kane's Insight and the Miami Herald and everywhere else, I think I saw him tweet that, and I was like, what? Like, I knew that, you know, because uh, Javante Dean uh, is, you know, 6'2", about 190 pounds, originally from Homestead, uh, wasn't a really big recruit, went to Blinn College, which is the same college, JUCO that Cam Newton went to and everything, and all of a sudden is really good, and I – I had no idea he had that kind of speed. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you that he's, especially after losing Adrian Colbert and Corn Elder, um, right. he's going to have I mean, to play. I, yeah. You know, I mean, it just – When I woke up this morning so and I saw that it got done, yeah, like when I woke up this morning and saw that it got done, I was excited. I was like, right, that's one less thing i got to worry about today. That Dean's it, you know. 
Right, no, I, I, you know, I was up late trying to just finish all the articles that I put up on the site. Yes, if you're listening to this um, on stateofview.com, I think I put 37 pieces up today, I want to say, something like that. So you got plenty to look at. But uh, I was up late, and I saw that. So that goes into the close for today. So that was definitely a, a good way, because I think he committed at, like, 1230 in the morning, so just after midnight. Uh, right. so that was definitely a good thing for this class. Um but I won't piggyback off of you on your top two uh, guys for the uh, for starting this year. I'm gonna go with a couple of different guys. One guy that I know that you love um, from the five six one, number five at safety, Amari Carter from Palm Beach Gardens. Um, I think that he's a guy. Yeah, I mean, and again, in the in the secondary, there's so many jobs to be had. You know, you could say Trajan Bandy. You could say any of those guys. So uh, I'm going to go with Amari Carter as one of my day one starters. And um, on the offensive side, I'm going to go with Jeff Thomas, the just electric guy out of East St. Louis. I don't – on offense, base offense and returns, just he's going to start from day one. So, you know, I think that those are four guys. And, you know, again, I didn't want to just – co-sign what you said, even though you had some great guys, but I'm going to go with Amari Carter and Jeff Thomas as my day one starters. I um, agree. I agree with them. I mean, again, there's so many guys, and, th- and that's the thing when, when we're going to do a little bit of a recap in a second, but there's a lot of options for top-level players in this class. It's not just one or two guys. So you can look at a lot of these different players as being contributing players from, you know, an early time here at Miami. So we'll talk about them more in a second. Um, Our second question that we're going to hit today, um, so we did the top two starters, and this is straight opinion. So obviously be biased if you want to. Kev, who is your favorite player in this class? Okay. I know I, this is easy for me. I've been asked this before. Jonathan Garvin, defensive end, Lake Worth. Um, the kid is long. He's athletic. I mean, he's from he's from five six one. So I really like that. I, I think the kid had twenty five sacks this year and like picks a couple pick sixes. Um, uh, we're deep at defensive end, but I do think that he will play this year, and I do think he will make plays. And I'll go Jonathan Garvin, my favorite player in this class. Yeah, that's that's such a great answer. Honestly, that stole that one right out from under me. Cause, uh, yeah, just such a great player. Um, if you watch, you know, the Miami Hurricanes athletic department, they put up that Squad 17 website where they brought in famous alumni to evaluate the current signees and everything. And Jonathan Vilma was the one evaluating Jonathan Garvin. And he couldn't even talk because he was like, every play I look at, Jonathan Garvin's first three steps are around the corner already, like past the the offensive tackle and turning the corner again. So, yeah, he's a uh, he, he's really really good. So he's insane. I saw a game that he played against. It was a spring game. They played against Glade Central. He sacked uh, Blackman, the the quarterback they signed with Florida State, seven times and had a pick six in that game in one game. Yeah, that was. That was the fall classic, yeah. Oh, yeah, the fall classic. Yeah, the first game, yeah. Right, right, yeah. I mean, but I mean, but he started that off with a bang. So, I mean, yeah, you're like, well, I don't know if this kid can play. 
he was at Oxbridge, but and then he committed seemingly out of nowhere. And who was this guy? And bang, you know, seven sacks and a pick six in the first game. Um, definitely, you know, an elite level thing uh, kind of performance. So hopefully he can keep that going. And he's an early enrollee, so he's on campus and going to go through spring already with Coach Cool, who you know is the best offense or defensive line coach in the country. So you know that won't hurt his you know potential or anything. Um, for me, I. I, you know what? I'm in for a dime, in for a dollar. It has to be Nikosi Perry for me, man. I mean, this kid is just he, – he's a quarterback of the future, and the future starts now for me. You know, and I've, I've said it on other podcasts and other blogs. I've written it on the website. The kid is just the truth. And, you know, Peter Ariz and Inside the U and Kane Sport and everybody else has said that – Nikosi Perry was the number one player on Miami's board. Not number one quarterback, number one overall player. And you don't get that kind of position in the class or in the minds of the coaching staff if you're not that guy. And having watched him, I haven't seen him live because, you know, Ocala is far away from South Florida where I live. So I couldn't get up there right. on Friday. But, man, that kid is so good. And, that yeah, that just that's my favorite dude, man. I mean, that's. I'm openly rooting for him to win the quarterback competition, and, yeah, that's my dude. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, a lot of people think that he's going to come in and uh, play day one. And when uh, Rick first got hired and he decommitted, I was like, oh, so maybe Rick told him, like, we don't want that type of quarter. We want a, a pocket quarterback. And then Rick, Rick made him his number one priority. So I, I got to think that if Rick made him his number one priority, it was for a reason. And I think that he will have the – Rick will give him every opportunity to start. I really wish he was an early enrollee. And I'd say he's a – I would almost guarantee he'd be a starter if he was an early enrollee. Coming in August, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's a good pick. I, well, I like Nagosi too. Well, I mean, he's not going to – I mean, I agree with you on, on everything except for the August part because he's going to come in in May uh, after he graduates, just like Brad Kaya did. So he'll be there for the off season. Um Oh, okay, you know, right, so, right, um, right. So he won't. He'll be there. I mean, it won't be like you know, because Deontay Mullins, he was the one who came in in August. But I think you know, Nikosi, he's going to be there for May. But yeah, he's going to get every opportunity. So I'm really looking forward to that um, from him. Absolutely. And you know, yeah, like I said, there's just there's so many good guys. We've we've named what eight guys already, and all of them, you know, have the ability to come in and play. So. You know, overall, I think that they did a good job, but we'll we'll get to the final thoughts in a little bit. Um, so we did offense before we did questions. So Kevin, I'm allow it to you. Defense, defensive recruiting in this class. How do you think we did? I like I like the defense, and I like I like Bandy, and I like I like Dean, and I like you know Carter and Smith. You can definitely tell Banda has a type. He wants guys that are going to knock your head off. At safety, so they mm-hmm. did good there. Um, you know, defensive line, Deontay Johnson. That's another one we haven't even mentioned yet. The most offers in the country. Uh, and then I like right. I, I like the linebackers. I like the linebackers and right and the linebackers they brought in. I like I like the offensive recruits a little bit more, but I I do like the defensive recruits also. I think they did a good job bringing in needs. Other than I would have brought in another secondary guy, but you know it just didn't happen. Right, and I I agree with you on that. You know, the the defensive line obviously is where it starts. You know, Jonathan Garvin, who we already talked about, Jonathan Ford from Dillard, 
who's 6'5", 275, and super athletic. He's kind of like a – he's very similar to how uh, R.J. McIntosh was coming out of high school, um, you know, because right. he's that same kind of build and things like that. So uh, he's another guy up front that we haven't even mentioned. And then you put him or him with uh, D.J. Johnson, who has the most offers of this class, over 100 schools, one of him. Uh, and Garvin, that's that's just an elite group. And I know it's only three, but I said the same thing about the linebacking group last year, and obviously, you know, that kind of worked out to me. Um, <laughs> linebackers this year, I don't really love just because, I mean, you're not going to get really top-tier backers to come in right on the heels of Quarterman, Pinkney, and McLeod, who are going to be right. the starters until they leave, you know. Right. Um, but, yeah, secondary, obviously, I agree with you. Would have loved to have one more guy, um, maybe two, you know, because uh, we did miss on two of them today. Um, but, you know, overall solid. And, you know, I do like the offensive side more. I mean, my favorite player in this class is on the offensive side. But, you know, I think we did a decent job on defense. Um, but which, which miss? going back to the question side, which miss on defense, and I'll just keep it there, do you think was the one that mattered the most of the kids that we were recruiting? Um, out of the kids that we missed on, I like Chris Henderson the best. I think he's raw. I think I think his ceiling is much – just to compare him to the other guy, so just to compare him to Edwards. I think Edwards is better today, but I think with, with coaching – and just that speed that Chris Henderson has, that makeup speed, Rump or whoever is going to be able to really turn him into, I think, a very, very good corner. And I think he will play the next level if he gets the right coaching. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Um, it, you know, it hurt losing both of them um, from a standpoint of we could have used another player at DB. Um but, yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100% that Brian Edwards is the more game-ready player now because he's only played DB. Uh, you know, he went to Miramar, which is the school that gave us Tracy Howard uh, at a DB recently. Uh, other guys gone, you know, to FAU and started day one. Northern Illinois started day one. So, you know, Miramar puts up DBs. So I think that he would be more ready to play right now. But – I mean, Chris Henderson is just a freak athlete. You know, he's so fast. And even in the Under Armour All-American game, because Henderson was an Under Armour All-American, you could see everything that we're saying, where his technique is not great because he got beat, but his 4-3 speed was able to make up for that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. When the ball's in the air, I, he he can go get that. He can go get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah, it's kind of like it, it's the defensive speed kind of equivalent to uh, I don't yeah let me see I don't want to go super high you know hyperbole or anything but you know kind of like how Deion Sanders or Daryl Green would go run down a path not saying that he's the same kind of cover player as either of those guys because clearly he's not but just on a speed when the ball's in the air and oh my God the guy got two steps behind me and I got to go get that. Chris Henderson will go get that. Right. So, I don't know. I'm. That's. I don't know. That's one that 
whatever. I mean, but again, he was kind of wishing. Well, both of them were wishing washy because they were both committed to Miami previously. So, you know, these things happen. Um, let me see another. Nope, they're all asking the same questions, so I won't go there. Uh, we already did that. We already did that. Um, on, on. So let's go back to wide receivers. Over. So I know okay. overall. We talked about we got Harley and we got Thomas, obviously, and everything like that. Which of the misses at receiver do you think, A, we had the best chance at, and, B, we really could have used the most? Huh. I mean, that's hard because I don't know what that late, that late visit meant, but if that meant that we have a chance at Judy – and obviously Judy would be the answer. Um, I feel like he came in to, for that late visit right before he was going to enroll. So I feel like that we had at least a chance. He, would, I mean, he could have went anywhere. He came here. So I mean, I would go Jerry Judy as he's the best. He's the best receiver in the state. Um, yeah, at Paradise Camp, he was the best. He might have been the best player there. Um, so I'll go. I'll go Judy. And I guess there's three guys that you could mention. But I'll go Judy. I think I know where you're going to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, G- Judy is just a beast. I mean, he's so good. Um, so, I mean, that was one, and we obviously worked to get his last official visit before he was an early enrollee. But, I mean, maybe, I, maybe I'm still a little naive. Maybe I still have uh, – my rose-colored glasses on, but I really think it was Devontae Smith um, out of Louisiana. He ended up, you know, being both of these guys, Judy and Smith, committed to Alabama today. Um, but I, just, I don't know. That's one where he, all the time, it was, okay, you know, Alabama's in front, and everybody knew that, so I'm not saying that he was ours to lose like uh, Anthony McFarland or Brian Edwards was, but – you know, every report was Alabama's in front, but he really has a connection with Mark Rick and he really wants to visit officially. He paid his own way down here a couple of times to South Florida, which is not cheap, you know. And I don't know. I think that's the one where he could have really come. I mean, obviously, either of these guys could have come in and played right away. But for me, that's – and maybe it's just, you know, my personal bias. Uh, there, but I, I really like Devontae Smith. Um, I gotta admit, right. I thought so, you were gonna say Holloman. Oh, you thought I was gonna say Jeremiah Holloman? That's what I thought you were gonna say. Well, I mean, Holloman's kind of in the realm of an Anthony McFarland where you know you there's reports or whatever and sources, if you want to call it that or whatever, but you know, you hear that the kid says he's going to come here to Miami and that's great. Like wonderful. Cool. Good friends with DJ Dallas. Uh, they played on the Cam Newton all-stars uh, from Georgia, uh, the Georgia area and everything. And I mean, he's a big kid, so he's a little bit bigger physically than uh, Judy or, or Smith and everything. And, you know, really felt good that he was going to come here. And, you know, from all accounts, he said he was going to come here, and his mom was like, nope. 
and he no. ends up going to Georgia. So, I mean, you know, what mama wants, mama gets, you know. So uh, yeah. that's just kind of what happens, I guess. Yeah, yeah no, I, I really I, thought, it, I, I actually thought today, like I watched the Smith announcement, just because they got rugs earlier in the day and then they had Judy, I was like, come on, man, all these receivers can't eat it at uh, – at Alabama, maybe he will pick us. Jeez, I know he canceled his official visit last weekend, but, you know, maybe. So I actually watched it. I, I was with you on that. I watched it and everything. Well, I mean, I did not watch it. I mean, maybe in the back of my mind, I hoped that he would come here. And and that's the thing with Alabama. They signed four, four and five-star guys. You know, you got Jerry Judy, who's a five-star. You got Henry Ruggs, who's a four-star. You got Devontae Smith, who's a five-star. And that Tyrell Shavers kid, who's like 6'9", but runs like a 4'140 from Texas as a four-star. And all those guys are going there, and they're coming in behind other four- and five-star guys. And I said it on the timeline today on Twitter, and it's like, yeah, you know, they're going in to maybe get a couple hundred yards receiving. And I said not even that because, you know, old grandpa Calvin Ridley who's going to be 23 next football season, which for a college junior is old, so whatever, like, at me, fight me, I don't care. But Grandpa Ridley is going to get all the passes, you know. And then they have other four- and five-star guys in front of these four guys who have been there and developing, and they're going to do their damnedest to get catches before these four freshmen coming in. And I get that, you know, everybody thinks they're the next Julio Jones or Amari Carter, and it doesn't matter who's in their class with them. But looking at sheer numbers, come on, bro. Like, say, Alabama throws to two guys a year. And I put, I did this analysis a couple of weeks ago. Like, their number two receiver gets about 35 catches a year. So, I mean, maybe one of those guys is the number two. But then everybody else, you're looking at eight, maybe ten catches a year. And, I mean, yeah, you're on a team that's going to be really good. And I'm not going to, you know, say Alabama won't be good. But, like, what are you doing? sitting there on the sideline waiting to maybe play your six plays a game. Right. I don't know. Uh, he's a beast, man. He just got he got a top That's all. He got Parks to come in and not have a spot until next year. Like, that's crazy what Alabama can do. Uh, oh, my God. I didn't even think – well, yeah. So, if uh, if people who follow Miami don't know, so uh, Jalen Parks from Sebastian River, which is down here in the 561 a cousin of Patrick Bethel, who plays with Miami, he did this whole elaborate um, commitment video where he went to Paris and everything to say he committed to Alabama. And right before that was supposed to hit social media, Alabama was like, yo, um, we don't have a spot for you. So, tough. <laughs> so he delayed it. And then he posted it and said, oh, no, I'm in a gray shirt which is he's not going to enroll, so he's not going to play at Alabama next season. He's going to wait to enroll till January of 2018, potentially, um, to play the 2018 season. But for me, I'm like, Alabama recruits the cream of the crop every year. They're going to recruit over him, right? Right. He's not going to – I don't know if he'll ever have a spot there. I mean, if they didn't save a spot for him this year, he's a top 100 player this year. So I don't know what makes him think that he'll have a spot next, you know, come next spring. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's his decision, and you know, go go be great. But uh, that's that's crazy to me. That's 
I mean, it, that's crazy. It's crazy to me too. But I'm, I would love to get back to recruiting to the level where we could tell a top hundred player, "Look, buddy, you got to wait a full another year before we can even have a spot for you." That would be, I don't know, that would right. be pretty decent. Yeah, it's a it's a great problem to have. We don't have enough spots for you. Yeah, but I mean, we're we're still rebuilding a little bit, but we'll we'll have spots. But um, speaking of spots, which guys do you think have the most potential? So, like, not where they are now, but by the time they leave, their potential is the greatest on offense and defense. Huh. Um. Well, a guy we've mentioned already is I think um, I think the Cozy Perry has a ton of potential to to go on and do great things. I also like the potential of, of evidence, talking about receivers, of evidence, Joku to grow into his body and be crazy. And then on defense, um, uh, John, John Ford, I mean, he's going to get, he's going to get reps. You know, if it's not this year, it'll be next year. And just under cool, I just think he, he can grow into a, be a monster. Yeah, no, those those are both it. good answers. I'm gonna to have to echo you on the Kosi Perry because I'm already all in on him, so that has to be my guy on offense. On defense, I'm gonna say, man, I'm trying to think. I think Trajan Bandy. Uh, no, because okay. Trajan Bandy's really good right now. I don't know about his potential because, yeah, but he he has that dog in him. He has that just. He doesn't quit. He plays hard all the time. You know, he wants to be like the next Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll go with Perry and Bandy just because Bandy, he's a dog, man. I love that kid. Yeah, like he he definitely wants to play. He definitely wants to hit. And he's definitely like a guy. Um, people say, you know, he won't grow, so he doesn't have potential. But he doesn't – He's he's found his mold inside his body. And I think he'll be fine. I, I really do. I think he'll play a lot of nickel this year, and I think he'll be. I think he'll be a fan favorite by the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, if he's not already a fan favorite, I don't know like what guys are looking at. But if you don't know, and I've said this so many times, Trajan Bandy owns Sean Taylor's game game worn Fiesta Bowl jersey and that iconic uh, orange flare visor that he wore. Um, his last year at Miami. Trajan Bandy owns all those. He's been a Hurricane since birth. Um, so he's been all in with the Canes. Like, if you don't love a kid who loves Miami that much and you're a Miami fan, I question, like, what you're thinking. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> right, but right. that's uh, – I mean, that that kid bleeds orange and green more than guys – and I went to the U. I, I'm an alum of the U. He bleeds orange and green more than guys I went to the U with. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, he, I'm, yeah, he he just loved it. So I want to see him live his dream. I want to see him be great. I want to see him, you know, come out and and be, you know, our Tyron Matthew and kind of step in. If if he could even step in and eventually be our corn elder, you know what I'm saying? That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But we'll we'll see about that. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask this trolling question from Andrew Ivins of 24-7 Sports, a good friend of mine. He sent this in when I said I was asking for questions. 
He said, okay, tell me what happened with tight end Josh Fallow. <laughs> I actually tweeted that when he um, when he when he committed when he actually committed. I said, damn it, he flipped at the last minute. He flipped on us at the last <laughs> second. I don't know how ESPN didn't fact check that. They had him in our class for two days, but I was getting excited. I thought that maybe they were uh, spoiling something for the kid. Yeah, no, that that was crazy. And I mean, you know, obviously I was on the website Twitter all day, and I just my mentions were lighting up. And if you don't know. Josh Follow is a uh, four-star tight end from Sacramento, so the same town as DJ Johnson. And ESPN on their signing day coverage had him listed in Miami Hurricanes class as a commit, like a hard commit, like you know whatever. Like For on the, days, on like the screen said. with like the yeah, like on the screen with the top commits. Like it was him, Donaldson, like Jeff Thomas. Like it was crazy. They had him all for two days. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was like I said, it was it was driving my mentions crazy. I don't know how many times I answered that question. It was like people who didn't uh, read my timeline all of a sudden came to my mentions. Hey, Cam, what's up with Josh Follow? Like, da, da, da. I mean, it was it was some intern that I don't know. Maybe it hasn't followed since the dead period ended because there was interest there for like a I don't know maybe two or three days. And then it went away. But, um, yeah, maybe that intern just really wanted to stick it to Miami or something. Maybe it was a Florida State intern who uh, was working at ESPN or something there. I don't know. But Did you see the guy you know, who put happen. on the Miami uh, – did you see the guy who put on the Michigan hat and said University of Miami? Aubrey Solomon is his name. And, of course, uh, so- because I'm a native Michigander. So, yeah. That was outstanding, that too. Was, uh, I, I was – if verbal's binding, we can get him on the verbal binding right? contract. That's what I said. I was like, yeah, no take backs, no, you know, Indian giving or anything like that. What I need you to do is have the UM law students, you know, go and draft up a, a brief or something that, that's, you know, binding that this kid who clearly put on a block and Michigan hat said, hey, Miami, and put the, the microphone down at his announcement ceremony, um, even though he was committing to Michigan and going to Michigan, but – yeah, we all had that little laugh for a little bit because, yeah, you know, signing day I, is fine. Right, and then I was going to say verbal's binding, but then I remember it's recruiting, and nothing is binding until you're on campus. Or until that NLI's in, at least. Right, well, I mean, if, if verbals were binding, then Brian Edwards and Anthony McFarlane would be on the Hurricanes, right? And Chris Henderson. Right, and, yeah, a lot of guys from the past. Well, Well, yeah, maybe we dropped some of those other guys. But, yeah, there would be a lot more guys in this class, obviously. But, you know, these things, like I said, it's recruiting, and recruiting is funny. Um, What do you think – what do you think that National Signing Day this year taught you about recruiting? Um, That that – I mean – I've been following for a long time, but this, I got to admit, was one of the crazier, like, last 10 days that I can remember in recruiting. Like, 10 days ago, we had no shot at Chris Henderson or Brian Edwards, and we had McFarland locked up in the class. And then McFarland did, you know, whatever. And then 
and and then over the weekend we thought we were going to get CJ. I mean, CJ Henderson was eighty one percent crystal ball to Miami when he committed to Florida, unless people were switching it at the end. So just that last weekend, it's just all hell can break loose, and you really don't know until until they until it happens, I guess. No, and that's fair. And you you also have people like me who, you know, when Chris Henderson a couple of days ago, maybe about six days ago, was not returning Florida's phone calls, and they were trying to call other guys at that USA-Canada game or whatever to try to get them to get Chris Henderson on the phone, and he right. was ignoring them. And that's when I put in my crystal ball, after you did, for Henderson to Miami. And, right. yeah, you know, things just changed so quickly. Um yeah, I mean, and you know, some and the, and some of these kids really enjoy the the trolling, man. You know, it's uh, it's like oh, speaking of which, did you see the kid with all the t-shirts today who ended up going to USC? Oh my god, that was I mean, that was great because he he kind of trolled our it was Levi Brown, right? Our Levi, it was yeah, uh, Jones. Yeah, yeah, Levi Jones. He um. Well, it was great because he trolled our rival. Like he trolled, he had the Florida and then Florida State, and then um, and yeah. But I was, I don't like that type of thing. Like I even tweeted out, like, "Oh, hope he's hot as hell in those three shirts and the jacket." Like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't like those types of things. But yeah, the kids enjoy it, man. I'd rather a kid yeah, like. I mean, I. I'd rather. Go ahead. No, no, you, you go ahead. I said I'd rather a kid like Joe Jackson. You know, or a kid like Quarterman or, you know, someone like that that um, commits early or even Derwin James. I mean, a kid committed, like, early and then he never wavered. You know what I mean? Uh, no matter how many people called him. Uh, I'd rather have that type of recruit, but I get it. This is these kids' time to shine. And they're going to – I mean, they're going to do yeah. them. I mean, they're going to do them. And then, honestly, like, if you think about it, this is the only time – in a player's – well, this is the last time in a player's career where they have full control until they hit unrestricted free agency as a fifth- or sixth-year NFL player. Right. You know? So it's like they can transfer high schools and they can choose that, you know, especially down here in Florida where, you know, transfer season is crazy. Um, and then they get – they can pick their college, and if they want to transfer away from a school, maybe they get control again. But other than that, you get recruiting and then unrestricted free agency are those two times in your football career with visibility that you really get to take control. Right. Uh, but I, I, I just feel like – I just feel like the more you troll and the more – I just – I mean, I don't know that this to be fact because I was never a D1 athlete, but I feel like if you, like, troll the, the kids or troll the coaches that – well, as soon as that NLI comes in, then they own you, and they're going to make you pay for that, sh- you know, pay for it. Um, but, you know, I could be absolutely wrong. But, yeah, I mean, this yeah. is the time that they can do it, and some of them do it. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it's it's just kids I, are kids, so unfortunately. You know, I, have yet, I have yet to watch I have yet to watch a full commitment video, though. Like I wait until someone tells me what happened at the end, or I just scroll to the end of it. Like, I, I don't really care to watch a. Did Did Jordan Pouncey put out a video today? Did he go to Texas? <laughs> yeah, Jordan Pouncey both put out a video and committed to Texas. 
Oh, he put out a video. See, I I knew he had a video made, and then when he was going to visit Texas, I thought the video was already made, so I was like, oh, he's going to go to Miami. He's going to take a free trip to Austin. And then, you know, once I saw our wide receiver board clearing up, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe we won't take him or whatnot. But, yeah, I never watched his video or, or even knew he committed to Texas today until just now. It just came to me. Yeah, I mean, I did not watch the video either. Um, but, yeah, like you said, as soon as it really – came clear that we were going to get both Thomas and Harley, like it, yeah, I mean, if we weren't going to get a Devontae Smith or a Jerry Judy, that would be the other guy that we would take, but Pouncey is so similar to these other guys, even though he has speed and everything, like it, that would have really kind of been stretching things to take a third guy, even though Pouncey's 6'2", and the other guys are 5'10", you know, four in size difference, but yeah, we weren't going to take him, so let him go to Texas. And that's the thing like I was going to say is he basically, when he went around Orlando, had to have two um, videos made or two ending options, uh, which is similar to what Anthony McFarlane had because I don't know if you saw it, but I caught them, caught Bleacher Report the other day. The default edit for Anthony McFarlane was him coming to Miami. Oh, yeah. I saw so when – Bleacher Report was like, okay, cool, we've already done one Snapchat video or, or a commitment thing, and we're going to do the next one. The default was Anthony McFarland picked Miami because he'd been telling everybody Miami for so long. And, you know, I know a couple of those Bleacher Report guys, you know, shout out to Mike Felder, shout out to Stephen Nelson, shout out to Barry Sally, uh, Sally, excuse me. Uh, but they're all like, well, you know, we had multiple options for the video. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I get it. But everybody, including your de- graphics department, knew that the number one option was he's going to Miami because he's been saying Miami forever. Right. So and then Dirk I think that Pouncey was kind too. of the same. Maryland has four running backs in this class. Crazy. Like they, yeah, so they have McFarlane. They got another couple local guys. And then that Cordarian Richardson kid was committed to Clemson, and Clemson apparently dropped him, and he flipped – or he took visits to, like, UCF and somewhere else, and a couple guys on the timeline who go to or cover UCF, they were like, yeah, Cordarian Richardson, he's coming here. Oh, my God, oh, my God. And then, bang, he gets a, 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 a national letter of intent and just signs it to Maryland, out the middle of nowhere, excuse me. So, you know, yeah, like you said, uh, signing day is crazy, man. Yeah. But, I mean, for those of us, like you, you know, uh, we're very similar where, you know, we follow recruiting all year round. You know, we go to the events. I need to go down to Paradise Camp this year. But, you know, we go to the events. We see the seven-on-seven with kids, you know, even from their sophomore, junior year. So, like, we've been in there, you know, with them for a couple hundred days. You've got a lot of guys who are popping up just now because it's signing day. And, you know, they they read one report or they hear one thing and they think, oh, my God, you know, this is going to impact everything. But, you know, they just – they're they're kind of treading water in the middle of the ocean. They don't really know which way is home, you know. Right. I like, and I forget. I mean, because I'm so into it that I forget that there's people like that. Like, you know, I do a, you know, I do a podcast with Josh Newberg, and we'll talk about like the same big names all the time. And I'll say, why are we doing this again? He's like, you'd be amazed of all the casual fans who don't know these guys. He's like, just because we follow this mm-hmm. all year round, these these people are new. I mean, they're new to this. You know, on it. You know, so no, I'm learning a lot about about what's going on outside of yeah, man. I mean, junkie. It's, 
Right. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, we're we're recruiting junkies. You know, I always have been, even from the, you know, NCAA football, college, you know, the, the video game days. I love the recruiting. So, you know, spinning that into real life, yeah. But there's so many guys, so many people, fans, good fans of whatever insert college team here who don't follow it as maniacally as you or I or, you know, like you said, on the big three, the roll-up, you have Josh Newberg from 27 or 247 Sports whose job is to cover recruiting in and out every day. Right. Uh, but there's very right. few people who are like us who do that kind of a thing. So, oh, hey, yeah. and I see a, a Gator fan trolling on the timeline right now saying Mike Harley's overrated. Cool. They're like, I don't even – I mean, uh, I, I mean, I don't even get – what they mean by that. I mean, maybe, I mean, you could say he's small, but no one that's seen him play in a camp or in a game can say he's overrated. I mean, I've never seen anybody cover him. Sean Rose, you know, a good evaluator, uh, you know, for he does work with South Florida Express. He's said for two years, there's nobody in the country that can cover this kid one-on-one. So I'm going to go with that over some Gator Exactly. Troll. I mean, he – he put up a challenge, Sean Rose, uh, buddy of all of ours. Um, he put up a challenge to, to all the All-American games. This was before Harley was an All-American. He said, take your best defensive back, and I guarantee you Mike Harley's going to light him on fire like Flambe because he cannot cover him. And he was like, I'm going to pound the table. I'm going to say this about this kid for years. Um, and he was right because even at the U.S. Army All-American game, I if you watch or looked at the uh, – What's name? My recruit notebook that I put up for Mike Harley, I put in there the supercut of Mike Harley's one-on-one at uh, All-American Week. And he made All-American DBs. I mean, these are your top recruits from Clemson, Florida, Florida State. Well, not Florida at that position, but Clemson, Florida State, Texas, USC, your top recruits. And he made literally all of them fall to the ground trying to cover them. Yeah, and they, I, I, I mean, I got some, I got some, underrated. I got some contacts in like the Gator like coaching staff, like some of their secondary staff members, and they said like I don't care if this kid's a a one star, like we want him and like we like him a lot. So I mean, any Gator fan or Knowles fan or whoever or uh, West Virginia fan that wants to like uh, turn it around or whatever, Mike Harley's a good get, and I'm glad that he's in our class. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you that he's a good get. Uh, and, you know, we've been saying this since he was committed to West Virginia and we were on the trail chasing him even, saying this kid is good. So it's not like we were like, oh, he sucks and he's bad and all of a sudden he flips. We're like, oh, he's so great. Like everybody who has a brain has been saying Mike Harley can play for two years. It's like you're talking about. So, I mean, that's crazy to me, but. You know, U.S. fans are going to be U.S. fans, so I said I was not going to engage them anymore. But um, our next-to-last question before we wrap up, uh, a another Miami fan asked, what was the thing that got U.S. to be able to pull guys like Brian Edwards and Chris Henderson away from Miami in South Florida? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. I, I think – I think the kids looked at, and to me, it's not it's not right because all it says is he's older. They looked at Rump's resume compared to Torian Gray's resume, and they said, "Well, he's put this many guys in the NFL." And Rump, even though he's only been on the job one year, has only put 
um, yeah, I think I think they preached resume. I, I really do. I think they, I think Florida said, look, you can look at Torian Gray, all these guys, DBU, blah blah blah, and Ruff hasn't really put anybody in, even though he took a a kid that Charlie Strong basically said, go to the career counselor because you're never going to play football, and he got him enough. He got him a combine invite, and he turned Corn mm-hmm. into a better player, and we've seen what he can do coaching, you know, high school down here, but I think resume. I think they preached resume to him, and and they got him. And I think Edwards always liked Florida. Uh, I I get you on the resume thing, you know. Obviously, I mean, like, look, I love Jamal Carter. He's a great guy, <laughs> but like, I didn't expect him to get a combine invite, honestly, and he did. <laughs> and I know that you right. know, Rump coaches corners. Uh, and not safeties, but, you know, even through camp, all the coaches, well, Bonda and Rump said they cross-train all those guys because each of those coaches has a different skill set of what they can develop. So what, you wouldn't segregate your defensive backs. You want them to be able to have coverage skills and tackling skills and blitzing skills and recognitions, all these different things. So helping out and getting that uh, kind of a thing, um, you know, to, to, to train all those guys, including, you know, a Carter, a Jenkins, who's really made himself some money through the senior bowl, Elder, um, Colbert, all those guys, you know. Um, I think that was a good thing. Obviously, maybe his resume was a little bit shorter. Um, insofar as Brian Edwards, he's just been very impressionable throughout the entire process. I mean, if you look at every visit that he took, that was the greatest visit ever, honestly. So, I mean, right. maybe it, it was. Some of, but, I mean, if you go back to his sophomore year, end of his sophomore year, Miramar takes the tour, and they go to Louisville, and that's when he committed to Louisville the first time, was committed there for his entire junior season coming off this, uh, that sophomore spring. Decommits, goes to Miami, commits there at Paradise Camp, is there for a while, decommits, takes a couple of good visits, goes back to Louisville, another great visit, they're number one all of a sudden, goes to Florida, they're number one all of a sudden, and then on the in-between, Miami was there, and then they were number one on the in-between. So it was just, I think he was just very impressionable, and with a kid who's impressionable like that, you got to get the last shot. Well, I agree. No, yeah. With Edwards, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I, mean, they, I don't even think they ever sent Gray or McIlwain in home. I just think he really – They didn't. I don't know if he just I don't know if he just really loves Randy or they just got the last visit or I mean it is what it is but yeah I think there's reasons and we'll overcome them as 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 long as Rump continues to to deliver the kind of progression that he did this year I mean we'll cut that out I mean this is people got to realize this is this staff's first full cycle also and they have South Florida guys at Florida so. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I just think they preach resume. I really do. Business decision. I got you. Um, we're gonna wrap this up. We're under ninety seconds left. So just a real quick snapshot. What are you looking for on the recruiting trail next year? What's success gonna mean to you? Okay. I mean, you got a lot of the the, the running back position stacked in South Florida. We only took one this year. Walton might jump to the NFL. So, obviously, you want to go after Cook. You want to go after Cameron Davis, who we just offered, Lingard. Um, and then, you know, Pope would be the prize of the class. I think running back and, you know, more receivers. And there's a lot of DBs out there, too. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, obviously, need 
We've been needing two running backs in the class for a few years. Obviously, need to continue to get more wide receivers because probably uh, the 2018 season will be Amon Richards' last season in Miami, so need to have guys ready to replace him uh, and just continue to reset the board. So um, that's what I think, and that's what Kev thinks. So appreciate you joining me for this special installment of the State of the U podcast. Um, I got 15 seconds left. Anything else you want to say, Kev? Um, no, that's it. I mean, I think we I think we did a pretty good job of covering everything. So that'll be it until next time. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you. See you guys later. Peace. All right. Right to the bell. It's going to hang up on you probably. Thank you.